Hello everybody and welcome back inside the Shark Tank for an emergency edition of the podcast as we discuss the news that broke this morning that Exeter's British and Irish Lion and English international lock Johnny Hill will be joining Sale on a long-term deal beginning in the 2022-23 season. My name is Lewis and I'm delighted to say joining me to discuss this news is my co-host James James, let's just uh, get right into it. Um, what was your immediate reaction to the news that Johnny Hill will be joining Sale next season? I'm surprised. I mean, I'm honestly quite surprised. Um, I mean, I don't know a huge amount about Johnny Hill, but he's for me, he's come through, you know, seems to have been at Exeter for quite some time. I think he was at he was at Gloucester maybe b- before that, but like it feels like he's a southwest or certainly a west lad. Like so, to be coming north to sail, it's not like the George Ford news, is it? Where we know he's 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 from the northwest. We know he's got family. We know he's got a business in the northwest, and therefore, for like ease of life, it makes massive sense to come to sail. But for Johnny Hill, this is a bit weird. Now, my questions to you really is. Is this got something to do with the salary cap changes? Because it seems quite odd that Exeter will just sort of let Johnny Hill leave. Well, you have to read between the lines with some of these things. And as we've mentioned off the top, English International, obviously named as part of the Lions squad this year, players like English qualified, of course, um, so you get academy credits and, and all that. These players are like gold dust. You know, they are true sort of top tier talents. And you would look at a team like Exeter and think that's exactly the last person, you know, they'd want to be losing, you know, a real sort of core member of that 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 team that that's obviously gone on to become one of Europe's best. So the news that was obviously reported over the weekend, the previous weekend, I think it was in the Telegraph initially, is obviously this is a salary cap casualty for, for Exeter. The salary cap's going down to five million pounds per per season uh, and teams are struggling to fit everyone in you know under under that figure and that is what has allowed Johnny Hill to to become available and I guess the the interesting thing James is um, in that very same report in the Telegraph where it was reported Sale were interested initially there was also talk about both Wasps and Leicester being interested as well and and what do you think that says for, for Sale then? Uh, maybe off the back of the Ellis Genge news as well uh, that that broke earlier today. What does what does that sort of say for, for for Sale in terms of their their recruitment power now that they're beating out the likes of uh, Wasps and Leicester when players of Hill's quality become available? Well, look, you know, for signing uh, George Ford and Johnny Hill at their peak. Uh, Johnny Hill was on the Lions tour in the summer. You know, this is a change in situation from two or three years ago. So if we compare it against that, it's very, very different. Um, versus Wasps and things, I think the one thing we've learned, especially now with these salary cap challenges, as you've rightly said, is that actually we don't know what the musical chairs situation is here. People are sort of moving people around. There's still some big earners, but, you know, some people have deeper, uh, you know, squads in certain areas or, you know, more strength in the academy coming through in certain areas. So it, it could be just out and out, we're more attractive than Wasps. Um, but it might also be that they've just shelled out for Vincent Cock, and we've decided we don't need a big uh, 
expensive tight head because maybe we're spending quite a lot on Cooney Ustazen and uh, uh, and uh, Nick Shonnet now we can <laughs> that's a different podcast is whether we've <laughs> whether we were right at tight head or not but I mean that that's the kind of things that directors are rugby having to decide right now so I, it's impossible to say whether Ross still had an offer on the table uh, you know you can only go out all out for a certain amount of big name talents so I think it's difficult to tell well I've just had a quick look and actually Johnny Hill was born in Ludlow and went to school in Ludlow so that's just a sh- and that makes sense for him coming through at Gloucester, um, you know, being coming through in Her- Herefordshire, you know, and actually the distance, say, between Altrincham and Ludlow and Ludlow and Exeter is about the same. So, I- so actually, whilst he, well, you know, it might seem like he's a southwest lad through and through, actually, he's not a huge, he's not a million miles away in Ludlow from, from, uh, from South Manchester. So uh, it's not coming home. But it's not like it sort of doesn't make any sense at all. So it'll be really interesting to see what the media reaction is. So when the media were talking about George Ford, that you know there was that weird article from Austin Healy, who's actually shocked to Sale fans, been quite certainly in the Diamond era, was a big supporter of Sale. I think quite def- defensive, the, the, you know, sort of uh, felt quite defensive of Sale. Um, things have changed now. The money's come in, and certainly in the Sanderson era. And he's very critical of the way we play. But he did write a really odd article about loyalty and things like that, which you know is a thing in rugby. But, you know, there's loyalty. And then there's travelling four and a half hours drive every day to go training in Leicester from your home in North Manchester. So it just doesn't make any sense at all to be doing that when you go to a club an hour down the road. So, there's, you know, it, people just, you know, they haven't taken that into account. He's actually been playing away from home for a long, long time in his life. Um, it's just that there wasn't a viable club at Sale for him for any ambitions at all. Now, Sale are at least in the ballpark of being able to meet his ambitions. And, uh, you know, that that makes sense. With Johnny Hill, I think, you know, there's probably a location aspect, as I've, as I've just said. But the fact that he's literally going to be 28 at the beginning of next year, you know, this is sort of four or five years at his absolute peak. Um, you know, it'll be really interesting to see whether he's going to be able to go two World Cup cycles, I think that's unlikely. So it could mean that we get really good value for money out of him after the next World Cup cycle, after 2023. Um, I think other questions it raises that I want you to maybe come in on here, Lewis, is you know what does this mean for our second row stocks? We know that JP Dupria is going to Glasgow. That's already been announced. What do you think this this means in terms of the Josh Beaumonts, the Lou Diagas, etc. Well, as, as of the time of recording, we, we don't necessarily have confirmation on, on what is happening with Lude. You know, there, there's been a lot of rumours about potentially him going back to South Africa to play for the Sharks, which are obviously now under private ownership and have a bit more money to, to spend. But it is very difficult not to look at this move made by Sale to sign a, a test international lock and, and not think it, in some way it, it, it preludes uh, a, a change for, for Diaga, whether or not that, that is the Sharks in, in South Africa, whether or not it's somewhere else, we, we don't know. But as you, you mentioned a few minutes ago, James, obviously all these teams are having to play musical chairs around salary cap at the moment. Lude, we understand, was one of our marquee players alongside Fafta Clerks. The number of marquee spots has obviously gone from two to one. You know, the, the, there's a lot of money that you have to move around now. And fundamentally... You can't sign a player of Johnny Hill's quality with all his accolades in the game uh, for cheap. 
you know, especially when he's 28 and especially when he's in theory in English international for the next five, six years. What that means then is if you're going to sign a player like Johnny Hill, we have to get under the 5 million cap just in the same way that Exeter do. We, we do have to shift some money out and it does feel that this isn't a like-for-like replacement for J.P. Dupria. You know, we, we are talking diff, different calibre of players, diff, different tiers of salary, etc. And it does feel that this might be part two of three or four changes that we're going to see in sales second row um, for the the coming season and, and beyond. I don't, I don't know. Do you think that's fair to say, James? Uh, yeah, we know that. We, we uh, Basically, I'm agreeing with you. I, I think that it's unlikely we're going to be able to keep Lude as well, just from, you know, from sort of standing back and looking at the bigger picture. We do know that James Phillips is is probably coming to the end at the end of the year. We know that um, we know that JP Dupier is off as well. So, you know, bringing somebody in who's going to be away with England a fair amount and will also need rest periods built in, it does make you think that this isn't the end of second rows. Um, and therefore, you know, how are we going to, could we really justify more, especially because Matt Postlethwaite doesn't seem to be getting much of an opportunity. He might be injured, we don't know. But it seems to me that there's a bit more to do there. Maybe it means that Jean-Luc Dupier is just permanently in the second row now. It's where he's playing right at the moment. We know there's cover in the back row, but then there's question marks over Ross's uh, long-term future because, you know, sadly on, on, his, on his concussion. I think there's a lot of moving pieces for Sale going into next year. It's a lot more uncertain than we thought it was going to be when we started the season. Uh, but this is a this is out of left field. You know, like McGinty going, you knew you were, we were going to be looking for a big name fly half. Actually, is it you know as it happens, we don't think that Ford's that much more expensive than McGinty. Um, I, I, you know, I think that Johnny Hill would be uh, uh, you know cheaper than than Lou Diaga. And Lou Diaga's played nine times for sale in two years. So you'd think that, you know, if he's a bit cheaper and we get more game time out of him, then that's then that's good value. But we are going to need more depth there, I think. You know, Josh Beaumont's basically missed most of the last season with injury, came back in the spring, and then he's I we think he's out until the spring again this year. I think it's worth mentioning as well there there is a scenario where we we do sign Johnny Hill. Um and you can make some of that money in the second row go away to, to compensate for that without losing Diaga. That would be Phillips leaving. That's obviously JP Dupree who is leaving. And then that would probably indicate, you know, a, a changing career for, for Josh Beaumont, who's obviously, you know, sort of at, at his late 20s, you know, and has had a pretty horrendous run of injuries. Obviously, we, we hope that's not the case, but that there is a way in which you can make the money work and keep both Diaga and Hill. The problem with that is then you are very much operating with a very shallow pool of locks. You, you, you'd have Diaga, you'd have Hill, you would have uh, Cobus Visa, Jean-Luc Dupria, and, and that's kind of it, especially as, like you said, we don't really see much of, of Matt Postlethwaite. Therefore, I kind of want to characterise, although there is a way that we could have both Diaga and Hill, it is quite unlikely. And it does feel that this this potentially signal something is going to happen one way or another with with, with Diaga and, and even going beyond Diaga, just, just that amount of money we've got invested in him under the cap because it has to go somewhere. Yeah, uh, you know, look, having both would obviously be the ideal because your first choice team would have both of them in it. Um, and then, of course, you know, basically you don't see Lude until December. Um, 
you know, and, and you've got Johnny Hill available, at least for that September, October period before the November internationals. And then when Johnny is away with uh, England in the Six Nations, the South Africans play all through that period. And that's a massive advantage to us. I just wonder whether with our squad at the moment, you know, with we have a few England internationals, but like we're very weighted towards South Africa. So it's very, very difficult, as we know, like when you get off to a difficult start in a season to get any momentum back into it, you lose confidence, then you're trying to, you know, get confidence back and play some good rugby when the conditions are getting worse and, and the confidence is low. So maybe there's a calculation here of we just need to balance it a little bit more between sort of sort of South African squad international players and, and England squad international players. Um, and also, I think, just get that balance right in the squad between kind of, you know, senior English stars. I think our squad, Tom Curry aside, basically, is is basically all the senior players are either local lads who are the tier below internationals. So your Harrisons and your Beaumonts, right? And we've really missed... We've really missed Beaumont this year from a leadership perspective with that, you know, Northwest sort of voice in the room. And then, and then, you know, and then you've got these senior South Africans who have won World Cups and, and in a World Cup winning squad and stuff. And I think it's just, that's a little bit different. So, so maybe it's part of a bigger, a bigger change. I mean, look, we're making it up listeners, but what we do know is that Johnny Hill's come in and we're bloody excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, I guess the final thing I want to touch upon as part of this 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 mini pod is there's obviously a lot of more chips to be played from from Sale and, and the Premiership rivals. You know, this isn't the last emergency pod we're, we're going to be doing, but I wanted to get your kind of thoughts as as we are right now, James. Which is, what do you think signing Hill for next season does for Sale's chances next year? Do you think his is a signing that's going to push us back towards the top four? Do you think this is a building block for the next couple of years? Or, or do you think actually in the scheme of things, because of how good our squad is already, that Hill doesn't necessarily move the needle in, in a way that it would if we'd signed maybe a, a similar calibre player at a loose head prop, for example? Well, we have to see how the jigsaw puzzle all works out Now the musical chair's finished before I can answer that question. But we can answer, what does Johnny Hill bring as a player that's different than some of the players that we've already got? He's really, really good in the rolling mall. He's a good line-out option, but a really good rolling mall player. Um, he's also excellent with uh, fielding kickoff restarts. And he's also exceptionally good at five metres out, pick up and carries. And I think that's because his core skill set is pretty good. I think he's a good rugby player. You know, he's not like Richie Gray was, like, you know, he's not going to gallop the length of the field. He's not like that kind of good rugby player, but his basic skills are really, really good and solid. And he's been in an Exeter machine that has worked. And I think that if Sanderson's looking to do what Saracens did and have that sort of machine with cogs in it, this is the kind of player that fits into that mould much better than your kind of Luke Diagas, your Jean-Luc Dupriers, um, to be perfectly honest. And I could see, you know, a Cobus Visa, Johnny Hill, second row being, you know, definitely good enough to finish in the top four, um, for example, or a Beaumont and Hill or a Beaumont and Visa. I think that's pretty solid, pretty solid three with Jean-Luc playing in and Matt Postwake supporting. So even in the worst case scenario, Lude going, oh, yeah, you could see that as a top four second row options. But as I said, those kind of core skill sets that he brings, 
I think it can only improve us as a team because that's been one of our frustrations. You know, making silly mistakes. He can give away penalties, Johnny Hill. He, he he's not adverse to giving away a penalty, especially at Rooks, getting on the wrong side of Rooks. So that's a bit of a worry considering our our penalty count. But his basic um, his basics are exceptional. I think you're spot on. I think when you're looking at that kind of on field impact, um, it's those close quarter skills that you develop by playing as part of the way Exeter play. The, the carrying, the catching, the passing, you know, a few metres away from the line is, is going to be a really exciting addition to what we can offer because we've certainly got players with the same amount of ballast and, uh, and power, but the Dupriers and Lude and the way they play is slightly different. And, uh, you know, ultimately, as you mentioned, as we get to sort of the winter months and you need a lot of nows, particularly when you're a couple of metres away from the line, I think Hill's going to be a great addition to that as well as giving us a different option in the line-out. A little bit more weight in the scrum as well. It'd be interesting to see if he packs down at four or five because you could really push him behind Bevan Rod or, uh, you you know, obviously it would support sort of you and Ashman or Curtis Langdon, some of the lighter players in our pack, um, you know, to really kind of help that area. So, you know, like you said, he's not necessarily going to score 40 metre tries, but he should just bring a, a nice incremental level of sort of strength and, and close skills um, to, to, to parts of the team where we don't necessarily need it, but if you get it, that's what makes us perennial top four contenders. So I think that just about covers it for, for Johnny Hill. Um, thank you to everyone who listened. Um, thank you to everyone who's obviously enjoying the, the kind of rapid reaction. Um, and uh, yeah, James, is there anything else you want to mention You know, regarding sales capture of, uh, of, of Hill? No, but it's great to have another British and Irish line in the squad. And... Um... You know, another person to support in the international breaks. I think it's fab. Brilliant. And we'll leave it there. So, uh, Johnny, if you're listening, we'll look forward, you know, to see you joining us uh, ahead of the 2022-23 season. And obviously um, for, you you know, all the rest of the cell fans who are undoubtedly excited by this news, um, we're just as excited as you are as well. So thank you very much for listening. um, And we'll catch up with you as part of our regular pod next week. 